this morning, and uh, I told Scott, you know what, are you sure you want to bring me up here? Because I deal with a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, emotions. Sometimes I'm, I'm a crybaby, you know. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to hold myself. And he's like, you'll do fine. And I was like, all right, let's do this then. So, uh, yeah, my name is Sergio Flores. Originally, we're from uh, Las Cruces, New Mexico, from the very southern part of New Mexico, you know. So if you've heard of Hatch Green Chili, we're right next door. And uh, actually, our family is from Hatch. And so uh, my wife uh, got a little upset with me when we went back down there for Labor Day because I went down there to buy 500 pounds of chili. And she's like, what's wrong with you? I said, hey, man, it, chili is my life. And so... Um, anyways, uh, my wife is Diana Flores. Uh, she's sitting in the back right now. We have four wonderful children. Uh, actually, they're not even children anymore. They're, they're grown. Uh, we have a 20-year-old son that's in uh, New Mexico going to college there. He's, he's getting ready to take off to the Air Force in uh, January. And uh, we're excited for the journey that God is going to take him into. Uh, we also have a 19-year-old son. Um, 19, right? He's turning 19 tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Or, yeah, he's, his birthday's tomorrow, actually. So, and then we have a uh, 16-year-old daughter, and then, or 15-year-old daughter, and a, a 13-year-old son. So, um, they all come here. They're, they're not here right now. They're somewhere around the building. But uh, anyways, for those of you that don't know our family, that's who we are. Um, but this morning, I want to just give a, a brief introduction of, like, how I came to know the Lord. Just, just uh, a, a small testimony. Um, there's a lot to my story, so I won't get into everything, but... About 20 years ago, my dad, um, he was, uh, he had suffered some injuries at work, and he went through a few surgeries that really messed him up. Um, he had uh, uh, some so shoulder surgeries, and I mean, he was just in pain. Um, originally, my father, he, you know, he's from Mexico, and he came to the United States, and, and my dad, he, he's just a really hard worker, and he works really hard, and so he was a plumber. And so uh, for 25 years, and in this time, he wasn't able to uh, do much with himself because he was, like, under partial disability. And so they had a, you know, he was working, but he was under light duty and, you know, how that whole thing works. And so my dad couldn't lift his arms up, you know, like, he could only, like, do this. That's about as far as he could go. And, you know, as a plumber, you know, you're in and out of stuff. You're, you're moving your arms. You're, you're lifting heavy things. And... And so my dad was miserable. He was very, uh, he was very upset. He was very angry. <laughs> and uh, and he, he just uh, was going through a lot of emotional issues. Um, and, and that kind of carried into the house. And so, um, um, and, and that was for a few years. That was probably about maybe four or five years that he was going through that. And the reason I say this is because one day his, his supervisor, he was a Christian man. And um, his mom was a little prayer warrior. Her name was uh, Sister Barella. She was a little tiny lady, you know, a little prayer warrior, you know. And she was like this little. And uh, I still remember to this day, and she used to come up to us and, and uh, just pray over us. But um, the, one day she told uh, my dad, or she told uh, Albert, which is her son, tell Sergio to come to one of my prayer meetings, you know, because we're going to pray for him. We're going to believe for this healing to take place. And my dad just, like, refused to keep going, you know. And after being invited, probably about maybe six or seven times, my dad said, okay, what do I got to lose? I'm going to go. And so my dad said, ah, he was I remember he was telling my mom, I don't want to go, but he's going to go, right, by faith. And so that, that evening, um, they decided, uh, oh, they had the Bible study, and they started praying for my dad. 
And, and my dad said he remembers opening his eyes during the prayer because he was sitting down and he could just see a cloud in the room, in the living room. And there's about maybe six other uh, elderly ladies that were in this room. And my dad said he just remembered just feeling this peace that just came into the room. And then at that very moment and stuff, uh, uh, Sister Borella said, Sergio, raise your hands. And so my dad, I'm a junior, so don't get confused. Um, so my dad raised his hands that night, you know, and so he was able to praise God and, you know, he lifted his hands. So God healed him. And that was a miracle that took place. And that uh, was like the beginning. That, that set the course for us for the rest of our lives. Because after that, my mom and dad, they started going to church. And we as teenagers, I was a rebellious teenager. I was just like a heathen going straight to hell, you know. Um, I, had no, I had no limitations. I had no convictions. I had none of that stuff. All that stuff didn't apply to me because I never, we grew up as Catholics, but we never went to church besides like maybe on Christmas or Easter. And you know how that goes for some of you have been there before. But um, I was sharing this because that day my dad, he cried out to God. And today's message is called The Cry of a Warrior. And the reason I'm saying that is because, because of that decision that he made, he made me a warrior. He showed me what it is to cry out to God and how to be a prayer warrior. And so I've been saved already. Um, this is another testimony. We'll talk about that some other time. But God saved, he, I've been saved for about 20 years. And, and along the way, it's been a bumpy road. But, you know, I, I know what it is to cry out to God. I know what it is to be a warrior. I know what it is to, you know, uh, seek the word. And so my dad going by faith and to that prayer meeting that day, like I said, it set the course for us. And so um, today I want to begin by stating the following. As Christians, we are both lambs and lions. We are followers and leaders. And according to Revelation and Peter, we are kings and priests. We are masters and servants. But above all, we are worshipers and we are warriors. And the reason I say that because as the church, we cannot be a worshiper without being a warrior. And we cannot be a warrior without being a worshiper. You have to have both in line. And you see, God right now, he, he is looking for a few good men and a few good women who can manage both. Because as Christians, sometimes we tend to look at the circumstances and see the circumstances that is bigger than us. And we don't have the faith sometimes to cry out to God and say, God, this circumstance belongs to you. It doesn't belong to me. It belongs to you. And so we have to worship God and believe that God, you know what, I'm going to give you praise in the good. I'm going to give you praise in the bad. I'm going to give you praise in the ugly because you are who you say you are. And I'm going to believe and I'm going to trust in you for that today. And so we must, in our mouths, always have both a worship cry and a war cry. We must fight for values that are eternal and not temporal. Because we don't live for today, we hope for tomorrow, right? Because our home is not here, right? Our home is in heaven. When we believe and we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior, we're no longer here from this earth. We're going to a better place. You know, when I, I remember going back to when I got saved, my, my, my youth pastor, my mentor, he said, because um, they called me Junior. He said, Junior, one of these days, we're going to be running down streets of gold, man. And I'm like, streets of gold? Really? Wow. Okay. And so I didn't, I didn't believe it at the time. But after I read it, I'm like, that's where I'm going, you know. And, and uh, a, little, a little small fact, I work for a gold mine now. And every time I look at the gold, I'm like, you know, that, all that gold is going to my heaven. You know, it's going, like God's going to take that gold from Newmont gold mine. And he's going to take it directly to the streets of gold, you know. So that's why I tell the guys, all that gold you guys are hauling is going to go to our streets, just so you guys know. But, 
just a fun fact there. Um, so sometimes as Christians, we lose our way, right? We get lost because of whatever you choose to believe in that moment. You see, the Israelites deliberately struggle with, with that for about 100 years, hundreds of years. You know, time and time again, they heard God. They saw God do miracle after miracle, but yet they kept on going back to the trend. They kept falling. They kept worshiping a Baal and certain images, and they're just following the trend that was, that was, uh, that was happening at that time. And um, today I want to talk about, yes, the, the, the cry of a warrior. And see, as the cry of a warrior, there's one thing, there's a few points, but point number one, I want to talk about the harvest. The warrior has the harvest, all right? And our harvest, the enemy is constantly after that harvest because every single one of us, if you've had the opportunity to know God and you have been uh, serving God, you, you have sown seed along the way. And the seed that you have sown in your friends' lives, in your family's lives, in your co-workers' lives, in your community's life, in your school's life, wherever it is that you have sown that seed, the enemy has been trying to steal, steal that seed away from you. And just recently, about a few weeks ago, when all this pandemic and all these things were going on, I've had several people from my past call me and tell me, Sergio, what's going on? He's like, what, are we living in the last days? Is this like... Like, are we all going to hell or what's going on, you know? And I tell them, what, what, what makes you call me? So because I remember when we were working together, they used to talk about Jesus and used to tell me that, uh, you know, you, you would share that with me. And, and I remember when, when all this was happening that you came to my mind and you're the person I wanted to call to find out what's going on. And you see, that's a harvest right there. You see, there's a seed that I sowed in somebody's life, you know, 15, 10, 12 years ago, four years ago, and, and these people now have been calling me and then been coming and, 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 and uh, reaching out to me, and that I'm like, wow, thank you, Jesus. There's a harvest that is coming. So I want to let you all know that the enemy is after our harvest. He's after what you have sown. He's after what you have planted because he knows if he could take that away from you, he could take everything away from you. And that as warriors, we can't let that happen. And so I'm going to read real quick what, what leads up to that. Today's books, we're going to read on, on Judges, but uh, I'm going to talk about here Galatians 6, 7 through 8. It says, do not be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You'll always, you will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. And so think about that. Whatever we sow, sometimes... We, we sow good seed into, into people's lives, but we could also sow a bad seed. We could also sow through our actions of how we live our lives, you know, a bad seed where people are like, well, I don't want to be a Christian if that's what a Christian looks like, you know. And so whatever we sow into our sinful nature, that is what we will harvest, right? And so in Judges chapter 2, verses 10 through 15, it says this, after that generation died, another generation grew who did, who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things that he had done for Israel. The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight and served the images of Baal. They abandoned the Lord, the God of their ancestors, who had brought them out of Egypt. They went after other gods, worshiping the gods of the people around them, and they angered the Lord. They abandoned the Lord to serve Baal and the images of Ashoreth. This made the Lord burn with anger against Israel, so he handed him over to raiders, not the Las Vegas raiders, who stole their possessions, he turned them over to the enemies all around, and they were no longer able to resist them. Every time Israel went out to battle, 
the Lord fought against them, causing them to be defeated just as he had warned, and the people were in great distress. So just imagine that. <laughs> time and time again, the Israelites had seen that God had brought them out of Egypt. God had br- given them bread from heaven. God had poured out water from a rock. God had split the sea. God had done so many things, and yet they were blinded by whatever the trend was at the time. So they were serving the images of Baal, you know, worshiping other gods, because there were so many gods that, in the land that they were in, and they decided to worship that. Even though they had a god that brought them out of Egypt and did all these things for them, they continued to serve those things. Like, how, to me, I'm like, how dumb can you be? You know what I mean? And I'm like, if, if I would have seen all those miracles, my children and all of my grandchildren, everybody would know that you don't serve these images. You serve our living God, you know, because this is what he's brought us from. This is, he brought us to, uh, from Egypt and into the promised land and, and, and into all of his blessings, right? And so let's read Judges chapter 6 now, because this is where actually my whole message comes from. There's a whole lot in Judges. Have any of you ever read Judges, you know, Judges chapter 1? through, uh, you know, all the way up to chapter 6. If you ever have some time, read those first six chapters, and you can read a lot about how the Israelites were in disobedience and how it brought them to this point. And then in Judges 6 to 8, you know, there's a couple other stories in there about Gideon, you know, and I'm going to touch a little bit about Gideon today, but I'm not going to get a whole lot into him because that's a whole other sermon. And so uh, Judges chapter 6, it says, uh, the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight once again. So the Lord handed him over to the Midianites for seven years. You see, seven is a complete experience. The Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, marauders from Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east would attack Israel, camping in the land and destroying crops as far away as Gaza. They left the Israelites with nothing to eat, taking all the sheep, goats, cattle, and donkeys. These enemy hordes coming with their their livestock and tents were as thick as locusts. They arrived on droves of camels too numerous to count, and they stayed until the land was stripped bare. So Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. Then the Israelites did one thing. They cried out to the Lord for help. You see, the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. Ladies and gentlemen, in life, actions have consequences. Amen? Amen? We cannot deny that when we, when we don't line up to the word of God, will of God, and the way that is God, there will be consequences. If you live driven by the flesh and not by the spirit, there will be consequences. See, there's a cultural teaching today out there embedded in the church, primarily from the Gen Z and the millennials, that says that the grace of God is so great that you can do whatever you want in the flesh as long as your spirit is right. And I'm here to tell you that's the dumbest thing you could ever hear. Okay, that's the dumbest thing you can ever hear in your life. See, if your spirit is right, your life will be right. If your spirit is right, your actions will be right. Your thinking will be right. And by right, I mean it lines up to the word of God and the spirit of God. Amen? So once again, actions have consequences. Tell your neighbor actions have consequences. (laughs) So as a result, the Lord stopped protecting them. The Midianites were just like the enemy today, cruel, prompting God's children to hide. And every time the Israelites planted, the enemy attacked. So you may ask, why the harvest, Brother Serge? Well, just like the times of Gideon, Satan wants to destroy the harvest. He wants to leave you with nothing and strip you and starve you, because that's what he does. He 
You want to kill, steal, and destroy what the enemy or what you have been so graciously been planting. And so we, <clears throat> we have to be just like Gideon in, in those times. You see, Gideon, I didn't, I didn't read that chapter, but if you know the story of Gideon, Gideon was always harvesting the, the wheat, all right? And, and what Gideon did is he would hide the wheat under the, the wine where they would press the wine. He would hide the wheat under there because he didn't want the Midianites to come and steal what he had so, you know, been working so hard for. Because um, they knew that at a certain time frame when they would come, they, were the, the, they knew that the Israelites were in hiding. So when they would go into hiding, that's when they would come and attack. But Gideon would hide his, har- his harvest. He didn't, want, he didn't want them to take that from them because he knew that uh, what they were capable of doing, they were stripping them and starving them and, and, and bringing all that out of them. And so in uh, Galatians 6, uh, verse 9, it says, Let's not get tired of doing what is good, and at just the right time we will harvest a blessing if we don't give up. You see, there's too much at stake for us to give up. We can't give up right now. We can't give up as a church. We can't give up as an individual. We can't give up for our family. We can't give up for what we have been so uh, earnestly been fighting for and praying for, you know, because we are entering into a time of harvest. With everything that's going on around right now in the world, with everything that's going on right now in this nation, what's going on in this community, what's going on in the state, you know, right now all these states are shut down because of what? Fear, you know. There's a fear that's out there which... You know, fear is a false evidence appearing real. I don't see, I won't even get into all that because, you know, that's a whole nother thing. I'll let Pastor Scott do that because he's good at doing that. And so, um, so no matter what you face this year, no matter how crazy it's been or any other year, I want you to know something, that your harvest is coming. Amen? And uh, my second point today is it's the enemy takes advantage of your fear. When the Midianites saw that the Israelites were afraid that they hid, the Midianites came after their harvest. You see, every time you act like the devil is a threat, he takes away your harvest. Every time you act like greater is that who is outside of you than he who is inside of you, the enemy will take away your harvest. In other words, he can only touch your harvest the minute you begin to hide. And that's what the Israelites were doing. They were hiding, so the Midianites knew they're in hiding, they're in their caves, they're in their pits. Let's go take the harvest. So they came in droves of camels so thick as locusts to come and just strip everything away from them in that land. So fear paralyzes you because fear is the absence of faith. And we have too many Christians in hiding. They're hiding in fear. They're hiding in the moment. They're hiding in preoccupation and desperation. They're hiding in the past and justification and victimology 101 and self-destructive behavior. And God didn't save you so you can hide. We have to come out of our hideout. God didn't change you so you could hide in caves and pits. He saved you so when the enemy comes your way, you confront him like he's already a defeated foe. Amen? He is defeated. Satan is defeated. He is under our feet. He knows his future, and that's why he's going to do whatever he can right now to try to get as many people to follow him and to serve him and, and, and put people in, in that whole category, especially in victimology 101. I say that because so many Christians are uh, guilty of, of feeling like I'm a victim. The, the church did this to me. Uh, a, a loved one did this to me. 
my people at work did this to me. You know, like they, they have this victim mentality and we got to get out of that whole victim mentality because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. God didn't make you to be a victim. He made you to be a victor, right? You got to walk in victory like the warrior that God has created you to be because every single one of us inside of here and outside of our home, we have all been made to be warriors. And God has called you for such a time as this to be the warrior that he has called you to be. It's time to get out of our hiding place. It's time to get out of the pits. It's time to get into a moment with God where we worship God in spirit and truth. When we come to church, it's not we're coming to church not just here to, not just to hear a message. We're here because we're here with our brothers and our sisters and our family to praise God and worship God and let our praises come up to heaven and stuff, just like an essence, you know, for our heavenly father to, to hear us and to hear our cries so that we prepare ourselves for the week. Because throughout the week, I, I'm going to tell you right now, the minute I leave that door, I'm under attack uh, mentally, spiritually, physically, all kinds of stuff happens. But I got to be the stronger man and say, no, I am not a victim. I'm not a victim of this, you know. When things go wrong at work, Monday morning, I, ha I go to work really early in the morning. I go to work before the roosters crow. And every time I'm at work, you know, I'm out there and I'm looking at the stars. I'm looking at everything that's going on. I'm like, God, today I'm going to leave this day for you. This is, I'm going to worship you. I'm going to praise you. I'm in my word. I'm, I, got my, I got my earbuds on, worshiping music, because I work with heavy equipment. And, and sometimes, sometimes that stuff is so uh, loud that I got to just tune it out. And so I'm in that moment, and then I'm in, uh, oh, in the presence of the Lord. I got all this peace. I'm at work. And then all of a sudden, somebody at work pisses me off. I'm going to be real. <laughs> you know, I'm like, and, and I won't put names out there, but I'm like, you again. <laughs> Ugh. And so I got to like, okay, crucify my flesh. You know what? I'm going to ignore what you just said. <laughs> I'm going to ignore what you just did. You've been doing this already for three years. I don't know why you keep repeating the same thing over and over and over. It's just, a, where's my bricks? But um, anyways, see, that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to take away your peace. He wants to take away your joy. He wants to take all that away from us, right? And so we can't be, we can't be in hiding. We got to confront him every single day. We got to confront our problems. We got to confront the enemy like he's already a defeated foe. You got to believe and declare that today is the last day that you'll be hiding for the rest of your life in Jesus' name. You can't make today, because see, yesterday is gone, right? And I tell my kids this all the time. Yesterday's gone, guys. Don't worry about what happened yesterday, because we can't bring yesterday back to life today unless you live in the same emotions, the same time frame, the same date. We don't go back in the past, right? All that's already gone. We live for today. Today is the present moment. Today is the present day. And we hope for tomorrow, right? So tomorrow is our future. So tomorrow, I can't be worried about what happened yesterday, and I can't even be worried about what's going to happen tomorrow. I got to live for today. Today is, what's today's date? November 22nd? Yeah, 22nd, because, yeah, tomorrow's the 23rd. It's my boy's birthday. Keep forgetting that. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of, okay, I got to go get his present still. But anyways, um, today's the 22nd of November. So today is a day that you look at November 22nd, if you've been in hiding, if you've been in fear, make this day the day that it's the last day that you hide. Don't hide from the enemy's lies. Don't hide from all the, the nonsense and, the, and all the propaganda, propaganda that's out there and all the lies from social media. Let all, let all that, you know what? Sometimes social media is so corrupt and so deceiving. Take a break from it. Fast. You know, sometimes I look at social media, I'm like, you know, how many guys do this, right? Man, like, 
dislike, but there's no dislike button, right? And so you just keep going, and then you're like, at the, after like 10 minutes, it goes to 30 minutes, and it goes to an hour, and we're so stuck in our phone sometimes. And I'm guilty of this. I'm saying this because I'm guilty of it. And I'm like, man, put that thing down, man. I can't even focus on work right now. I'm trying to, sometimes I'm so caught up, and then I'm, I'm running, I run a crane. I'm running the crane, and I'm looking at Facebook, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, doing stuff like that. And I'm like, put that away, you know, I'm breaking the rules, but. We sometimes got to take a break from social media. We got to take a break from the news. We got to take a break from all that because, you know, if we don't take a break from it, it just consumes us. It just makes us feel like uh, so many times like uh, uh, you compare yourself to what's going on out there. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not worried about everybody, man. I'm worried about me and my family. For me, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord, you know. And so I got I to gotta focus on my kids and get my kids focused on what the Lord is trying to tell us to do right now. So let me flip the script on this. Like, so what does all this mean, okay? Let me flip the script. In Psalms 32, verse 7 says, For you are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of victory. You see, when God is your hiding place, you no longer hide from man. Amen? When, God, uh, when, you, are, when you are hidden in Christ, you will never hide from life. In Colossians 3, verse 3, Jesus is our hideout. You see, how many here are hidden in Christ? How many here are hating in Christ? Raise your hand. Yeah, you know, because he is, he is our refuge. He is our strength. You can't, uh, when you're hidden in Christ, you're, when you're hidden in God, you will not hide from Jezebel. You will not hide from Goliath. You will not hide from King Nebuchadnezzar. You will not even hide from COVID. You're, going to hide, it, you're not going to hide from anyone or anything because you're hidden in Christ. You're a child of God and your days of hiding have come to an end in Jesus' name. So your days of hiding are over. And uh, my point number three here is, uh, it says, uh, the warriors cry out. And verse seven, it says, when, the, when they cried out to the Lord because of Midian, yet while the Midianites were successful in destroying the crops, stealing the harvest, and stripping them bare, there was something that the Midianites could not take away. And that was the ability to cry out to God. Let me repeat that. The Midianites could not take away the ability for them to cry out. I don't know what the enemy has taken from you. He can take away your job. He could take away your money. He could take away your health. He could take away your marriage. He could take away your peace. He could take away everything that he could, you could think of right now. He could take that away, but he cannot do one thing. He cannot take away your ability to cry out because we all have that inside of us. Even if I was in my, in my, in my deathbed, I know that there will still be my last breath would be to cry out to God. You know, we have to know that we could cry out to God for his help. A warrior's greatest weapon is not his sword, his shield, his spear, or javelin. It's his and her ability to cry out. Jeremiah 33, verse 3 says, Cry unto me, and I will respond, says the Lord. Psalms 145, 18, to 20, 18 through 20 says, The Lord is close to, to all who call on him. Yes, to all who call on him in truth, he grants the desires of those who fear him. His, his hear, he hears their cries for help and rescues him. The Lord protects all those who love him, but he destroys the wicked. So I don't know what you're facing. You may be coming out. You may be going through or going into something. But I say this, if you can cry out, you can get out. If you can look up, you can get up. Sometimes you have to go through to get to, right? And so... Don't get stuck in whatever you're going through. Stay focused on where you're heading to. Because 
life happens. We get stuck sometimes, you know. Everything has been going good with our relationship with God. Everything, we, we, we've had our devotionals. We've had our prayer time. We've had our worship time. We've had our time with our family. We, we just had quality time with God. And then you, you start going through the motions, and it starts, it starts to become like a, a checklist. You know, every morning I got to check this like a checkbox. I got to do this, do this. No, you know what? God isn't really looking forward to that. He's looking forward to us being sincere with him because God is a sovereign God. And he knows our hearts. Sometimes, you know, he knows that we're busy. He knows life happens. You know, sometimes, I'll be honest, there's been, there's been times that I'm going to work, and my time to spend with God is the first 20 minutes when I'm traveling to work. And that's my time with him. But sometimes I'm just like, I just need to be still. And I just need to be quiet. And I just need to hear God. Like, I'll turn off everything. I'll turn off the radio. I'll turn off my, my, my Bluetooth. I turn all that off, and I just drive. And I just drive and I just stay quiet and I stay still. And I'm like, God, what are you doing? What are you saying to me today? What do you want from me today? And I, I'm just still throughout the day. I'm still. I'm, I'm still not in the word. I'm still not in my worship. I'm just still. I'm just quiet because, you know, he, he knows that we're busy and things happen, right? But he wants to, he wants to have that personal relationship with us when, when we know that, um, like, for example, me and my wife, we have a relationship and we've had this relationship for how many years, babe? 18 years? <laughs> right? And there's times that me and my wife don't talk. And not that I'm mad at her or she's mad at me, but there's times that we don't talk. But it doesn't mean that she loves me any less, you know? There's times that my kids and I, we don't talk because they're so busy and consumed with their school right now and trying to figure out all this whole homeschool stuff, you know, that uh, we, there's times that we don't talk because I know they're busy and they know I'm busy, but... They don't love me any less, and I don't love them any less, right? And so today's the day to cry out. Amen? I want to share a real quick testimony. And the reason I say that, 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 that there's power in crying out, I don't want you to underestimate the power of crying out. I got a friend that I've been ministering to already for about maybe two, no, about four months. But the last two months, his mom has been put in the hospital. She got put in the hospital, and they couldn't diagnose her, so she was in Pueblo, they couldn't diagnose what was going on with her. What's happening? They didn't know. They had no answer. So then they transferred her from Pueblo over here to St. Francis. And uh, I, I talked to this guy like twice, three times a week. And uh, we have a pretty good relationship. And I've been just, test- just like being a testimony to him and, and, and giving him the word of God and just telling him like, you know, you got to trust in God in this circumstance. You can't, you can't lose sight. You can't lose hope. You know, focus on God. And he's like, Sergio, how do I do this? Because, you know, my wife's going into, she's going into surgery for such and such a thing here next week. And then uh, two weeks later, now his son's in the hospital for, for another surgery. And then his mom's still at the hospital at St. Francis. They can't diagnose what's going on with her. And he's going through all the emotions. And he's just like a wreck right now. You know, he's broken. And, and all I could do as his friend is be like, I'm here for you, man. Let me pray for you. And so I do. And then his dad, you know, he's been on, in the car with his dad. And he's got me on speaker. And his dad's in the background listening to me pray. And, you know, they're not believers. But this whole thing situation has been taking place it's a storm and 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 god has been doing something behind the scene and he's allowed me to step into his life for such a time as this well let me just kind of wrap that up real quick so on wednesday of this last week his mom was pronounced dead she was dead at the hospital at saint francis okay and uh so he he calls my friend his dad calls my friend he tells him hey man your mom just passed away come on over you know let's you know 
uh, say our goodbyes or whatnot. So my friend, he rushes from his work, and he's on his way to, his to the hospital. Well, he's traveling. Well, all of a sudden, his dad calls him back, and he says, Sean, <laughs> he's all, you'll never believe this. He's all, your mom was dead for seven minutes. And he's all like, remember Sergio? He's all like, I remember he said that we have to cry out to God. And he's all, I cried out for your mom today, and your mom is breathing right now. You know, and if that's not God, and that's not the God that we serve, you know, I serve the God that is alive, the God that breaks, you know, he, he, brings, a, he brings a death back to life, and there's going to be a testimony in their lives. They're going to see God do greater things than they ever seen before. And then Sean, uh, I said his name, but he was like, Sergio, he's like, my mom is alive, man. And, and, and I'm like, praise the Lord, you know, and I was just excited, jumping for joy for him. And I said, are you excited? He's all like, man, he's all like, I didn't have faith, Sergio, but I got faith now. He's all like, where do I start? <laughs> you know? And I said, let's, let's start by bringing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you know? So we had the sinner's prayer. And uh, I say this to you today because that testimony that, he, that I just shared with you, that's going to be a testimony that's going to change the rest of his life and the rest of the, his family's life back home because his mom is a living testimony that she was dead, but I came to life, you know? And right now, I talked to him just uh, yesterday, and he's, or Friday, and he says, man, my mom's up, she's eating, she's well, she's in the right state of mind. The doctors don't even know how to explain this. I said, but I do. We serve the doctor of doctors, brother, the host of hosts, amen? And so I'm going to share this. I, wanna, I want you guys to, uh, is there a video on there, on the screen? Uh, just look at this video right quick. So when I was, when I was think, thinking about this message, the Lord put that video, that video was on social media. I don't know if you guys saw it. It was just kind of going all over social media for a while, last month or so. And I was like, man, I got to find that video, right? So this, this lady, the babe, let me tell you what happened here. This lady, she's speaking in Portuguese, and uh, she was crying out, my dear God, my dear God, right now I cry, I'm crying out to you. I'm crying out to you. You gave me a promise. Resurrect my baby, resurrect my baby right now, for he has purpose. And at that very moment when she said he has purpose, she cried out to God, the baby came back to life. So do not underestimate the power of crying out to God. Because when you cry out to God, God hears us. So don't underestimate to that because we, are, we don't cry out to just any God. We cry out to the King of kings. We cry out to the Lord of lords. We cry out to the host of hosts. We cry out to the Alpha and the Omega. We cry out to the, the consumer of our faith. That's who we cry out to. There is power and there is authority in God when we cry out to God. So cry out to God today for your children. Cry out to God for your children's children. Cry out to God for your marriage. Cry out to God for your health. Cry out to God for your finances. Cry out to God for your family and your friends' salvation. Because see, if you cry out to God, God will hear you. God hears his people because we are his children. He knows our hearts. He knows when we're crying out and we're sincere about it. The sincerity of our cries, God knows that. God hears that. He sees that inside of us. You see, when we cry out right now, your most, the most powerful weapon that you have is not what you hold in your hands, but what's inside of your mouth because you can cry out to God. When I cry out to God, God stands up in my favor. When I cry out to God, heaven touches earth. When I cry out to God, demons flee, hell trembles, and my enemies scatter. 
So today I will not be silent. I will cry out to God and he will rescue me. When we cry out to God, God always responds. When we deserve the punishment of pain, God still answers in our favor. And you may ask, but why did God come to the rescue for the Israelites? Why was he always there? You know, the Israelites were constantly failing over and over and over. Why did he come to rescue them time and time again? And that's because of this. Because as any parent can attest, who's a parent in here? Raise your hand. I'm a parent, you know. (laughs) As any parent can attest, no matter if they're sick, your children are sick, no matter if they're dirty, no matter if they're broken or rebellious, no matter what, our children are always our children. That's your child. They are made in the image, in your image, and they carry your seed. Amen? That's why you do, that's why God did what he did for the Israelites, because they're his children. We are his children. And there's a word here for you, for somebody today that if you've been messed up, if you've been broken, if you've been rebellious, or if you're even sick, I want you to know one thing. God says this, I still see my image inside of you. When you look in the mirror at yourself, when you don't believe in yourself, when you, there is doubt and disbelief and you don't know why you say the things that you say about yourself, there's all this insecurities, rebuke that in the name of Jesus and remind yourself that when you're looking at yourself, God is looking inside of you. He's looking directly inside of you, believing yourself because the image of God is, is inside of you. His image is, is still inside of us. And so you may say, Brother Serge, that makes no sense. <laughs> All this, it doesn't make no sense sometimes, you, you know, and I'm going to say you're right. To the world, the, this is foolishness. In 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 18, it says, The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. Christianity to the fleshly eyes to the world at times makes no sense. It makes no sense that the last will be first and the first shall be last, Matthew 20, verse 16. Romans 14, 8 says, it makes no sense that we live to die and we die to live. Matthew 20, verse 28 says, it makes no sense that it is better to serve than to be served. To this world, it makes no sense, but guess what? God's kingdom is not of this world. You guys believe that? God's kingdom is not of this world. This is, we're just passing through here. We're going to a greater place. His kingdom isn't established here. His children are passing through here. We are here, but his kingdom isn't here. Amen? And so, no matter where you're at right now and what you've done, I want you to believe one thing. is to cry out. God is ready to come to rescue you, but we have to cry out. I want to end with this. In Psalms 34, verse 6, this poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him. He saved them out of all his troubles. And I apply that to myself because I cried out to God and he saved me. He brought me out of the lifestyle that I was living in, destruction. I was going down the, like I tell you, I was going straight to hell. 20 years later, you know, I'm here today. I'm here today because he loved me and he loves me. I am his child and I've cried out. 20 years ago, when my father cried out, he set the course for the rest of our lives, for my life and my, my family's life, my wife and I, our children. We serve God today because of the decision that my dad made then to go into this prayer meeting and get prayed for. And the Holy Spirit and God got a hold of him and he healed him. And even to this day, he still lifts his hands up to the Lord because that is 
how, what God did for him. I couldn't lift my arms before, man. My arms were tore up, you know, because of his injuries. You know, the doctors left him, you know, disabled. But now my dad's out there. You can't stop this man. <laughs> you know, he's a work, not that he's a workaholic, but yeah, you know, he is a workaholic. I'll take that back. And uh, he, gets, he gets home from work and he keeps working at home because that's just who he is. You know, God did a miracle in his life. Um, in 2010, my wife cried out. She, did, she, she cried out because there was a time in my life, in that point, that I was in the darkest time of my life. And I didn't know how I was going to get out. I didn't know what was going to take place. I contemplated suicide. I had contemplated all kinds of things that had gone on in my life. And I was in a dark moment, and my wife, day in and day out, she cried out. And God rescued us. God rescued our marriage. God restored our marriage. You know, he... he we are, we are here today still, you know, still married because my wife did one thing. She cried out. And, uh, and, and if it wasn't for those cries, I wouldn't, I would, I, things would have taken place. It would have gone another direction. In uh, 2015, my mom, she was diagnosed with cancer. And uh, my mom was dying. My mom was in her deathbed. She was pale. The chemo, you know what the chemo does, it, it, just, it just eats you alive. And then uh, I was looking at my mom one day through, uh, through FaceTime. I said, Mom, you know, let's pray right now, man. Let's believe that God's going to get this thing out of you, man, because I'm tired of, you know, you, you know I, I don't want to lose you, Mom. And she says, mijo, you know, which means uh, my son, you know, today I'm going to let go of that. And so she hung up the phone, and, and that day she left the hospital in Albuquerque, and she went home. And on the way home, she cried out to God. And she cried out to God, and she said to God, I'm not going to take this chemo anymore. I'm done with it. I'm tired of this. I want, I'm going to believe in you, God, and I'm going to cry out to you, and you're going to restore my body. You're going to restore me. And by faith in her cry and her sincerity, God heard her, and he restored her. And right now my mom is cancer-free. And that's, that's a testimony of what happens when we cry out. You see, a warrior's cry, a worshiper's cry will never be ignored. So cry out to God. I am a warrior with the power to cry out. So if you, if you have doubted yourself, if there's something that you're going through or something that you're going into or something that you're coming out of and you still haven't heard God, When's the last time you got on your knees? When's the last time you cried out to God? When's the last time that you were just sincere about, you know, what you're crying for, what you're believing for? Because God hears his people. Your, his image is, in, is still inside of you. He believes in you. When you don't believe in yourself, he believes in you. He believes in me. And the times that I feel sometimes overwhelmed and have anxiety, God still believes in me. He still knows who I am. I'm created in his image. I have been made for such a time as this. He's calling you out of darkness and into the light. He's calling you out of that situation that you have faced for so many times and so many years that you've been dealing with this. And it's time for you to let it go. It's time for you to cry out to God and let's say, God, today is a day that I will be set free from this. Today is a day that I come out of my hiding place. Today is a day that I will no longer be the same for yesterday is gone. And we hope for today, right? So today is the day. We hope for tomorrow. Today is the day. That we let all that go. So if you'll stand with me today.
there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a yearning in my spirit right now. I know that, that this message isn't for everybody, but there's some people that God is speaking to right now. And whatever God is speaking to you right now, I just want you to know in this moment right now, God is here and God is listening. God's hands are extended to you. His arms are wide open. And he doesn't want you to leave this place the way you came in. He wants you to walk outside those doors into your car and into your home. Change. Because he doesn't want you to take that with you anymore. He wants you to leave it here in the altar. He wants you to leave it here in this church. Because when you leave it here, when you leave it at the cross, it's no longer to be remote. remembered. It is as far as as far away to the east, to the west. It will not come back to you. Leave it here today. Cry out to God. And so I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're going through. But God knows. God knows your hearts. God knows your spirit. God knows your weakness. God knows everything that you've been dealing with, all the demons that you've been fighting time and time again. You put it away for a, for a moment, and then all of a sudden it comes back. It's because sometimes we just have to put our sword down and put a stake on the ground and say, you will not cross this. This is my territory. This is my land. This is my family. This is my home. You're not coming into my home. This is my home. This is my place of worship. Wherever it is that you worship, you put your stake on the ground and you say, no, we will not. I have my sword. I will fight the good fight. I am a warrior. He will hear my cry. He hears our worship. And so I just want you to repeat with me this prayer. I don't know where you're at. You have your own prayers, guys. But just repeat this prayer as a body. Say, Jesus... This morning, I will no longer hide in fear, but I will hide in you. I will fight for my family. I will fight for my children. I will fight for my children's children. I cry out to you today to forgive me and redeem me from all of my sins. I repent of my sins. I choose to follow you as my Lord and my Savior. Today, write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. And in heaven, there's a celebration for my namesake. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, today, guys, I come to you as a humble servant. You see, when God talked to me just a few months ago, he's been dealing with me because he knows my issues. I'm not a perfect man by no means. I make mistakes. I'm a human being. But he knows my heart. And today, I just want you to know that when you leave this place, I want you to leave as a changed man or woman. Don't leave those doors thinking about what happened on the way to church, <laughs> what happened yesterday or what happened Friday or what happened throughout the week. Think of today as a new day, a new beginning. Because there's a new beginning every single day. The sun rises every single day as 
as, as, when it rises, you know, because yesterday is gone, right? And so I encourage you today to cry out to God. Be that warrior. You all have a war cry inside of you. There's something that the enemy cannot take away from you, and that's your ability to cry out to God. You have been built for warfare. You are a warrior. You are a worshiper. You are who God has called you to be, and you know where that is in your lives. And so I bless you. May his fire shine upon you. May you go forth into your communities. May you go forth in your jobs, wherever you go. May his face always shine upon you. And may you be the light into this community. May you be that lighthouse wherever you are. Amen. So I'm going to leave the altar open. If you need to cry out to God, if you need to pray to God, we still have lots of time. And so Sam, clean the keys and go into a worship song. Or Y'all are dismissed.